It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kick them down the cobblestones. Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and life-changing nutrition counseling. Today we have a show many of you have asked for. It's a complicated topic, but we are going to try our best to help you understand how your thyroid works, why it might not be working, and what you can do about it. So grab your pen and paper so you can take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Brenna, you are right. We've had many requests to do another show about the thyroid and how it affects fatigue, weight gain, and even depression. So if listeners want more information, definitely get those pens and papers ready. But you can also get on our website, weightandwellness.com. Use the pull-down menu to search for thyroid health. So good morning, listeners. I'm Shelby Hummel. I'm a licensed nutritionist. And I work with clients out of our Wyzetta office, also work with long-distance clients, Skype clients. So regardless of where you are in the world, I'm ready to work with you. (laughs) I know many of you are saying, oh, thank goodness, a show about my thyroid, because I don't think my thyroid is working. What are some signs and symptoms you might experience if your thyroid is not working? Well, think about this. Do you have trouble getting out of bed in the morning? Or are you so tired in the afternoon that you have trouble putting one foot in front of the other? As a nutritionist, I've heard many clients describe this kind of fatigue. You know, sleeping 10 to 12 hours and still can't get out of bed in the morning, barely able to function. So I should introduce myself. That would be good. (laughs) My name is Cara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist as well. And I've been working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness for over 10 years. So I also work in the Wyzetta office with Shelby. And I've seen a lot of clients over the years with thyroid problems. I imagine you have. (laughs) Well, let's face it. Hypothyroidism or low thyroid function can be very frustrating. And it seems like the most frustrated clients with hypothyroidism are those who are wanting to lose weight, right? They come to us and they say, well, I don't eat very much and I eat good foods, Mm -hmm. but I still cannot lose the weight. You know, it's funny. I actually had a client on Thursday come in and that was her exact description. I mean, she was barely eating anything for breakfast or lunch. And Mm -hmm. she's known that she's had hypothyroidism since she was 13. Wow. And yet Mm -hmm. she goes, you know, I'm eating barely anything and I eat good foods and the scale will not Mm -hmm. budge. Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's something deeper going on. Deeper going on. Yes. So it is possible that these symptoms fatigue, weight gain, depression, they could be connected to your thyroid or your thyroid not working. You know, maybe you have gone to your doctor complaining of terrible fatigue, unexplainable weight gain, feeling depressed and asked for a thyroid test only to be told that your TSH Mm -hmm. looked fine. It's normal. Right. And that TSH is typically the only one that that doctors doctors are running. And we'll talk more about that. That's the thyroid stimulating hormone. As nutritionists, we hear this all the time. You know, clients tell us they've had their thyroid tested multiple times, but their doctor keeps telling them your levels are fine. 
maybe you have been told that chronic fatigue, it's just part of being a mom. <laughs> Cara, can <laughs> you tell us about that? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, that is a piece of it. But if it's going on for years and years and years, your kids are in high school. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's different. Yes. Um, you know, the like Shelby was talking about, the unexplainable weight gain. And, you know, moodiness. Are people telling you moodiness is just a part of menopause? Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Well, and you know, it it's definitely possible that you might have an undiagnosed thyroid condition. So, listeners, I want to tell you a little bit of a personal story. Because my sister was actually one of those people who, when she was a teenager, she was, you know, three-sport athlete, really, you know, eating pretty well. Like she thought she was eating pretty well, mm-hmm. but gaining weight. She was cold all the time. She was chronically constipated. And when she went into her doctor for that afternoon fatigue, feeling like she couldn't keep her eyes open, her doctor said, okay, well, you know, let's test your thyroid. And sure enough, her TSH came back in the quote unquote normal range. Um, But something was still not right. And unfortunately, it took her years to figure out and multiple providers to figure out that you know, her thyroid was really underactive. And so she was diagnosed with a that Hashimoto's low thyroid. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is at age 17, she was diagnosed with really high cholesterol. And can you ladies guess what her doctor hmm. told her? To go quit eating s- fat <laughs> or go on a statin medication? Nope. Thankfully, okay. they didn't prescribe a medication. But Brenna, you're right. They told her, Don't eat animal products. Cut the fat off of steaks and pork chops and things like that. And don't eat butter. They told her, you know, find margarine or things like that. And my parents, being from, you know, growing up on farms, they knew that that was the wrong Hmm. message. Yeah. And I think it's really good that you highlighted at least three other symptoms there of Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism, being Mm -hmm. cold all the time, especially like your fingers and your toes. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the just chronic constipation. Yep. And then a lot of people, including doctors, don't make that connection between that high cholesterol Mm -hmm. um, and hypothyroid. Yeah. Big connection with all of those. So is your sister... She's doing well. You know, she's she's still working with a nutritionist uh-huh. and you know, it's hard to hard to get information from family members, you know, yep. when your sister's a nutritionist, but mm-hmm. she's working on it and she's noticing I actually just talked to her last week and she says, I've lost a couple pounds. <laughs> Great. So she's working on it. That's yes. wonderful. I'm so glad she got the diagnosis finally. Yeah. And so then once she did get the diagnosis, I'm guessing they started her on medication. And did that help her feel better? So her, yep, her holistic doctor was getting her on some supplements to mm-hmm. help her thyroid, you know, get to working better. Yeah. So, yep, she's she's doing some natural She's doing that route. Stuff. Okay. Yep. Okay. Great. Absolutely. Awesome. So have you ever noticed that it seems like more women than men have low thyroid function? Well, it's not in your head because women are five to eight times more likely to develop a sluggish thyroid. And Dr. Isabella Wentz, pharmacist and author of two books on thyroid health, says that even though the thyroid is shaped like a butterfly, it's more like a canary in the coal mine. If your thyroid isn't working right, it's a sign that something is creating a lot of inflammation and distress in your body. Yep, you're right, Brenna. And it looks like, ladies, we might need to go to our first break. All right. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, 
brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have a very special offer for all of our listeners, so stay tuned and Shelby will have the details when we come back from break. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Shelby Hummel, licensed nutritionist. Is there someone in your life who has always wanted to attend a nutritional weight and wellness class with you? Or maybe there's a neighbor or a sister or another friend who you just couldn't quite convince come to come to class with you. So we have a very special opportunity for you and your friend or your sister. Or your husband. <laughs> or your husband. Or your child or your yes. parent. Yep. <laughs> Anyone who you care about, right? Right now we're offering seven new 90-minute classes at all of our Twin Cities locations. So that's seven different locations and seven different classes. And each one of those classes is only $12.50. So it's part of our Revive, Refresh, and Renew special. So you can sign up by dropping into one of our offices, or you can sign up by calling our office at 651-699-3438, or you can can get on our website online, weightandwellness.com. You know, before we went to break, we, you know, today's topic is all about Hashimoto's hypothyroid um, and not even just the autoimmune form Hashimoto's, but low thyroid function in general as well. And we were just talking about the fact that women are five to eight times more likely to develop Hashimoto's than men. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people will say, you know, I have multiple women in my family yep. who have this disease, but we don't frequently hear that men have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I bet you guys didn't know that about 12% of the population will develop low thyroid function at some point in their lifetime. So we have to be thinking, what might be causing so many sluggish thyroids? Well, there are many, many causes, and we certainly don't have time to discuss all of them today. But if you have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, there is a very good chance that it is the autoimmune form. In the United States, the most common form of low thyroid is the autoimmune form called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I think that I read that it was actually 90% of low thyroid cases are Mm -hmm. Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Right. So as nutritionists, we work with many clients who have autoimmune diseases, including Hashimoto's. And we always look at food first. What you're eating or not eating... That could cause your thyroid, you know, you have to just think, what are you eating or not eating that could cause your thyroid to be inflamed? That's a really interesting question. Um, There are certain foods that cause inflammation in our bodies. And for some people, the foods are going to cause inflammation in the thyroid gland. Yeah. So when we look at that Hashimoto's thyroiditis, anything with itis means that it's inflammation, mm-hmm. yes, right? Yes, that was so one of the first things you learned in college. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Woohoo! Yeah. So inflammation in the thyroid. So if you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition for the past 12 years, you may be screaming at the radio going, I bet it's sugar. <laughs> They're going to talk sugar. about sugar. Yes. And listeners, you are right. Yes, sugar causes inflammation, but, you know, we won't, we won't, Get on that soapbox today. <laughs> we have some other foods that we want to discuss that can cause inflammation for the thyroid. What do you think of? What do you think of? Well, if you're wondering, do I have Hashimoto's thyroid disease? You might first be, I mean, that would be kind of the obvious thing is, um, do I even have this disease? Is this mm-hmm. something I need to be worried about? 
are there blood tests that I can ask for? And then if you end up being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, what foods should I eat or avoid so that I can slow down this inflammation or this attack on my thyroid? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Brenna, you're right. Hashimoto's really is an attack on the thyroid. So, Tyler, I hope you're listening because here comes a Star Wars analogy for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, listeners, think it's as if it is the Star Wars Jedi spaceship being attacked and destroyed by the dark side. So, in my mind, I see lots of lightsabers and laser guns. And over time, that attack makes it impossible for your thyroid to make those thyroid hormones. And think Mm -hmm. about it. If your thyroid doesn't work, if your thyroid's under attack and is not working, think of all the other things in your body that may not be working. And that's what your sister experienced. Exactly. You know, her circulation wasn't good. Uh Her digestion wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, You know, fatigue. So absolutely. Thyroid just slows down. Yes. Metabolism slows, of course. Yep. We frequently recommend that our clients go back to their doctor and ask for a test, actually a couple of tests, for thyroid antibodies. So there are two different thyroid antibody tests. There are the TPO and the TG. And in 80% of all Hashimoto's cases, one or both of these antibodies will be elevated. And there are some people who have Hashimoto's and, you know, those antibodies are going to be within a normal range, making it a little bit harder to diagnose. But typically with Hashimoto's, we'll see elevated antibodies. Yep. And I mean, oh, and so I was just going to say, maybe we should tell people that that TPO stands for thyroid peroxidase. Mm-hmm. And then the TG is the thyroglobulin. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Just yep. Kind of crazy words and abbreviations. Yeah, absolutely. So TPO and TG. And just to kind of touch on that, Cara, I know that when clients are coming in and I ask them, you know, oh, you know, you've marked that you have thyroid stuff. You know, do you you know what your test numbers were? Well, no, my doctor just said that they were in the normal range. And so then when we do get to sit down and look at some of that blood work, it's like, okay, well, we get a little bit more information from some of those antibody tests. Mm -hmm. And the client that I had mentioned earlier in the show who I just started working with this past week, she actually, she had been diagnosed with hypothyroid when she was 13. Mm -hmm. But she just now, later in life, finally had her antibodies tested. Okay, So Um, her other numbers were off, but she hadn't had the antibodies mm -hmm. yet. And she was on medication and her TSH was looking normal, but she's not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And so her new doctor finally tested those antibodies. And from that, we're making changes. Okay, so they were positive. Yes, they were were very positive. Very high. Very high. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So did you ladies know that research studies show that there's a very specific gene that appears to be connected to autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's. And that when turned on, when those genes are turned on, people start to feel symptoms, Mm -hmm. right? So how do we turn on those genes? Well, it goes back to food, right? It goes back to food. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. So when people eat gluten, they're turning on those very specific genes, you know, that they're connected to autoimmune stuff. So it triggers that person's immune system to go on high alert. So those antibodies are attacking the thyroid. So it it all goes back to food, right? Mm -hmm. It does always go back to food. And this is why we frequently recommend clients follow a gluten-free diet. We often hear people saying, well, isn't gluten-free just a fad diet? 
But when we look at the research studies between 1998 and 2004, and that's just kind of a range I looked at, and Mm -hmm. that's when a Mm -hmm. lot of them were done. uh, These studies found that many people, about 30 to 40 percent of people with celiac disease, carry a gene called HLA-DQ2. Say that. That's a mouthful. (laughs) HLA-DQ2. They have this gene. But what's interesting is that a large number of people with Hashimoto's also carry this gene. Ah. So there is a connection. Okay. I knew you'd bring the research for us today, <laughs> Brenna. <laughs> now, by removing gluten foods from the diet, clients are removing a toxin to their body mm. and to their thyroid. So in this, you know, we probably can all relate to this. But when you're sitting down with a client and you've established that there is a thyroid, a Hashimoto's mm-hmm. diagnosis, what I'm finding is when I recommend gluten-free, people are saying, well, I don't eat that much. Mm-hmm. Right. I only eat a little right. bit. So, but ladies, I mean, we when we talk about gluten-free, a little bit of gluten can create the autoimmune response. Right. I think Dr. Thomas O'Brien, who uh, is a, like, he really specializes in the gluten sensitivity. He says mm-hmm. that having, you know, even just like one bite mm-hmm. of gluten or a food that has gluten mm-hmm. in it will cause inflammation for up to six months. And yeah, I think he even says like a bite, like the pinky fingernail size yes. amount of gluten. So, so just I wanted to throw that out there because it is really a serious topic. When we say gluten free, it mm-hmm. you know to get rid of that autoimmune response, it does really have to be gluten free. So what that means is just removing all the gluten containing grains and any foods made with them. And so those would be wheat, rye, barley, or spelt. Yeah. So listeners. If you're thinking about those foods, that, there you go. Muffins, bagels, pancakes are all out, right? The canned soups, the pastas, takeout pizza, and even takeout Chinese. Oh, sad day. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting that you did mention that Chinese takeout because soy sauce is frequently made with wheat. So if you actually turn that bottle of soy sauce around, Mm -hmm. it's fermented wheat and soybeans. And we know that research also shows that soy is not a good food for our thyroids either. But why is this? Like, what is wrong with soy? Well, studies show that soy can block iodine absorption to the thyroid. And I've met with several clients who, after losing weight by eating maybe only bars and shakes, ended up being diagnosed with low thyroid and then regained all the weight that they had lost on that sort of a crash diet. And this makes sense to us because, you know, those bars and shakes are typically made from soy protein. It's very hard to find a shake in a bar that isn't made from soy. Yeah, especially in your regular grocery store. Exactly. And so the soy protein blocks iodine to their thyroid. Um, So that's going to slow down thyroid function and metabolism. Yes, and I think... You kind of mentioned the fact that it was a crash diet where these people are just, you know, you're drinking the shakes for breakfast and you're doing these bars for snacks. Um, So it's not enough food. Mm -hmm. And that alone can send our body into more of a starvation kind of mode, I Mm -hmm. guess you could say. Yeah. And that actually slows our thyroid function, too. Yep. And if people think back to The Biggest Loser, they did studies on the people who were, you know, several years afterwards and found that their thyroids were low. Because they interesting, had, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So they had literally like just starved themselves into a low thyroid. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about the thyroid and other things that affect that when we come back from break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. 
If you're struggling to lose weight, maybe it's 10 pounds or 100 pounds, let me suggest signing up for our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. You know, classes begin in May, and you can sign up online at weightandwellness.com. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to love Shaq. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just because you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. And before break, um, Brenna was talking about you know, signing up for our Nutrition for Weight Loss 12-week series, and the classes start in May. And just to kind of clarify how you can sign up for that, you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call our office, 651-699-3438. And also, if you do have a question today about your thyroid, give us a call in the studio, and that number is 651-641-1071. And so I'd like to share a recent client success story from the Nutrition for Weight Loss 12-week series. And this was Nancy, Nancy's testimonial. Nancy said, my husband and I took the Nutrition for Weight Loss class that started in January. We're not perfect at it. And for me, eating at regular times is a challenge, challenge since I get distracted with work and life and I'm not much of a cook. But we've each lost 23 pounds so far. Today, I had to buy new pants. (laughs) I never get the bloated or exhausted feelings anymore. We are on the right track. So, you know, that's just one of many of our clients' success stories. And that's pretty phenomenal. And she's even saying like, hey, you know, we're not perfect. We're real people. We're busy. I don't like to cook. (laughs) And I always tell clients that I say, you know, I don't expect you to be perfect. I just expect you to try. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back on our topic, we were talking, discussing hypothyroid. Cara, we had a question over break. Oh, yeah. Let me just quickly um, answer that because somebody is not on air, but she was called in and was wondering if we were going to address something called hyperthyroidism. So a fast thyroid. Right. So in, in, unfortunately, um, we're not going to have time to address low thyroid and high or hyperthyroid today. We're just focusing the show on hypo today. But I do want to comment to the listener or anyone else that has a situation. If the hyperthyroidism stems from an autoimmune condition called Graves' disease, which most of hyperthyroid is from Graves' disease, um, the protocol that we're talking about for food, you know, stay away from sugar, mm-hmm. gluten, soy, that applies to Graves' disease as well. Yes, because Graves is, it's still an attack on the thyroid. Yep. So it's just that this is the point where the thyroid, instead of slowing down immediately, 
it's kind of speeding up. It's making lots and lots mm-hmm. of thyroid hormone. So hopefully if you have Graves disease, you can get some takeaways from um, listening today on what we recommend for any autoimmune condition. Yeah. Now, before break, we had been talking about soy and how soy can block thyroid receptors. Yep. But there's also evidence showing that soy makes it hard for the body to turn T4 into the active T3 hormone. And we're going to discuss more of that T4, T3 here coming up in just mm-hmm. a bit. So now you know that eating pasta, bread, donuts, pie crust, pancakes, and cereal that contain gluten could actually be slowing down your thyroid. So what are you going to do about it? And I always ask my clients, are you willing to give up these foods for the next six months to see if you can reduce the inflammation and, re- you know, stop the attack on your thyroid? Yep. And you're right, Brenna. It's Brenna. <laughs> you're right, Cara. <laughs> you're right, Cara. You know, we when we're working with clients, we're upfront with them. And we know it's not easy to change the food that you're eating, but we found that it works. So instead of doing, you know, chicken noodle soup from the can, we have homemade chicken and wild rice soup because we know that many of those canned soups contain Mm. hidden gluten. And if a client stops eating gluten, how will they know if their thyroid is working better? Well, first, they might notice that they've got more energy, they're having fewer mood swings, they might lose weight. But there are a few lab values that would tell us their thyroid is working better as well. Yep. And we mentioned earlier that many people who ask their doctors for a thyroid test are only having that TSH lab tested. So while this is one marker to look at, it's only a small piece of the puzzle, right? So it can be kind of deceiving. So most labs and therefore many doctors and even hormone specialists, those endocrinologists, believe that a normal TSH level is between 0.3 and as high as 10. But then we start to say, well, that's a pretty big range. Is that the optimal range? Right. Yes. Just because that's the range doesn't mean it's it's optimal. And studies show that someone who is healthy will have a TSH between 0.3 to 2.5. Now, do I have time for a short story here? Yeah, of course. Okay. So a couple years ago, my husband was under a lot of stress with work and we had just bought our house and just a lot going on. And over the summer, he kept complaining of the fact that it was hard for him to sleep. He was kind of having that like tired but wired feeling Mm -hmm. and he was getting cold all the time. And this is a man who never complains about being cold. (laughs) Um, And finally, one night he started having heart palpitations and we ended up in the ER, of course. Oh, goodness. And they said, well, I think, you know, Basically, we think this is just a panic attack, but they happened to run his TSH because they thought maybe he was having a hyperthyroid episode. But sure enough, his TSH was over five. Okay. And so I knew I was like, something is going on here. Mm -hmm. And I learned after doing a whole bunch of research over the next couple of weeks, I was like, wow, when you're under a lot of stress and your body produces a lot of cortisol, that blocks your thyroid receptors Mm -hmm. and you can become hyper or hypothyroid. Oh, interesting. I know. So those little real life examples there. So his TSH was over five. His TSH was over five. Indicating hypothyroid. Yes. The the thyroid was working really hard, but not producing the -hmm. right hormones. Mm -hmm. And so we know from these studies that really anything over three, and I start to say, you know, something's going on here. Yeah. 
something's not right. Oh, and we've got a caller. Yeah, should we take a call? I think we should. Yeah, well, good morning, Sherry. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a call for us this morning? Hi, yes, I do. This is so interesting. So um, my husband, when he was 18, was diagnosed with um, high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Um, We thought it was all hereditary and things like that, and he's not overweight, all Mm -hmm. this stuff. So then at 30, diagnosed with thyroid issues. Now he's at 59, and, you know, he got off all his high cholesterol meds. We've dealt with it with diet. Mm -hmm. Um, But my questions really kind of are is with his levels, um, they've been good. His doctor keeps saying they're really good with his medications, but can they ever get off of the meds? And um, what is a good amount of the medication, I can't, I don't know if he's, is Metropolo or level thyroxine or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what's a good amount for him to be taking? Because I had once upon a time read, when you're over 50 in a male, you shouldn't be taking this amount. So I guess um, I have so many questions, but I'm just curious to see, I mean, does he have to stay on this for the rest of his life? Or, or so, are there issues, ways to get off of the mess? So, Sherry, just to clarify, so he's currently, he, you think he's on the levothyroxine or the synth- yes. synthroid? Yes, that's what it, yeah. Okay. And I'm that, looking at it right now. <laughs> it sounds so, like yeah. that's managing his symptoms? Exactly, yes. Okay, so he's doing well and his numbers are good. in good ranges? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, from my understanding and the research is that some people do need to be on medication okay. um, for the rest, for the rest of, their, of their, lives. their lives. Not everyone, but, right. you know, unless his... Unless he were able to reduce the medication and have his numbers be in range and be symptom free, um, you know, that would be a different scenario. But if he lowered the medication and started getting symptoms back and his numbers were out of range, sounds like he does better on the medication. So, yes. And, and then, you know, we, we're kind of afraid to mess with too many things. So, because he does have high blood pressure too at times. And sometimes when you were just talking about your husband, when stress and, you know, all of that causes it all goes together but i just thought it was so interesting when you said cholesterol and thyroid yeah. mm-hmm. blah 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 you know and mm-hmm. that many years ago so no i'll just keep listening but i just mm-hmm. thought i might have to make an appointment to come and see you guys because maybe you girls because maybe maybe we can do something different you know mm-hmm. so i think that's a great I, idea you want to cover all the bases make yeah. sure that there's nothing that he's missing that where he might mm-hmm. be able to do something natural with food and lowers mm-hmm. potentially lowers medication. So yes, and I'm thinking about it for our, for our kids and grandkids too because it all runs in the family. It seems like oh so, yes, but yes. I will keep listening. Thank you. I love your show. Thank great. you. Have Thank a you. Thanks day. for calling, Sherry. Have a great day. Should we take a? Do we have a time to quick take a call? Second? A quick call. Yes. Yeah. Um, good morning, Alex. You have a question for us. I do. Yes. So when you were describing your husband's symptoms, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is everything that I've been going through. So I, my hands and my feet are almost always cold. Um, and I've been sleeping terribly for the last few months. And I started getting these really weird heart palpitations where like sometimes my heart was beating, like it was a really forceful beat. Mm-hmm. And yep. sometimes it was just like a really, really fast. And I'm like, what is going on? So I went and I actually saw a cardiologist and he said that I'm fine. I exercise like five to six times a week. I am vegetarian. Like I I eat really healthy. Um, And they tested my blood, but I don't know if they tested it for the, what, I mean, he checked, they checked like my neck and everything. Like they felt around, but I don't know if they tested for anything specific, but all of my cholesterol and all the blood work, all that stuff came back fine. So I'm, I'm like, well, there's something has to be 
off. So I don't know. I'm just wondering what you think. Um, many different things here. I would say make an appointment with a nutritionist. Sounds like okay. it's a little bit more complex. Yes, than what sounds like there in. is a lot <laughs> going on here. Uh, but I would highly recommend making an appointment with a nutritionist. Uh, so you can call our office at 651-699-3438. Um, okay. We would love to help you out. Um, you know, Definitely if you've been feeling more stressed recently, if you are exercising five days a week, that could be adding to your stress, mm-hmm. making problems worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, being vegetarian, you may not be getting enough protein to support your thyroid. Yeah, sure. Well, and stay tuned, Alex, because we're going to be talking about some other things, um, especially some other foods that are going to be important for thyroid health. So thanks for your call this morning, and I hope you um, get a chance to to come see one of us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have to take a quick break here, but I just wanted to um, ask you listeners, you know, is it possible that a vitamin or a mineral deficiency could be contributing to your low thyroid? So over break, think about that. What vitamin or mineral do you think it is? And Brenna will give us the answer when we come back to break. Be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. Today's topic is all about low thyroid. Before break, Shelby asked what vitamin or mineral deficiency might be contributing to your low thyroid. If you guess zinc and selenium and iodine, then you're a winner. Zinc and selenium are both needed for the thyroid to work right to make their T3 and T4, but they're also needed for the conversion of T4 into T3. Now, what foods do you think are high in zinc? Any guesses? Um, Meat. Meat. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We know people who do not eat enough animal protein might be low in zinc, right? And very important for T4 getting converted into T3. So think about it. If you don't have enough zinc, could that be preventing your thyroid from working right? So then we have another one. Right. What foods are high in selenium? Well, this one's a little bit harder to find, but Brazil nuts, you know, those giant nuts that you find in the nut mix at parties. Those are my grandpa's favorite. Yeah, Yeah. those are some of my favorites, too. (laughs) Those are high in selenium. Now, oysters are also high in selenium. Oysters and other seafoods and, of course, iodized salt are also high in iodine. So eating plenty of animal protein Brazil nuts, and using iodized salt can help us prevent deficiencies, which might slow down our thyroid. So all you listeners are going to be going out and buying oysters and steak this weekend, right? Yes, and Brazil nuts. (laughs) And Brazil nuts, yep. So if you need a high-quality zinc or a high-quality selenium supplement, stop into any one of our Twin Cities locations, or you can go to our products page at NutraKey.net and order online. Yeah. And before break, we were talking about TSH and how so many people go to their doctor and they say, doctor, I want my TSH tested so we know if my thyroid is low or not. And they get tested and it comes back and their doctor says, well, it's normal. But really, just because it's normal, is it optimal? So we want our TSH to be between about 0.3 to 2.5. Anything above three, and we might have some inflammation, Mm -hmm. some trouble brewing there. So a high TSH just shows that the brain is trying to call the thyroid and tell it to make more T4 and T3, those Mm -hmm. thyroid hormones. Yep. And if the TSH keeps going up, it's kind of like the brain keeps calling and calling. (laughs) 
but the thyroid just isn't getting the message. Thyroid isn't picking up the phone. No, it's not. And without enough T4 or T3 thyroid hormones, it's as if everything in our body is slowing down. So think about it. Our brains slow down. Maybe we have mood swings. Maybe we have fatigue. And our metabolism slows down. So all of those people who are tired and gaining weight, think about our digestive tract slowing down. So that's where we talk about like my Mm -hmm. sister who was chronically constipated. Mm -hmm. I can remember her being constipated when she was really little. Wow. Yeah. So this is going on for a long time. Absolutely. And without enough thyroid hormones, we can't get any energy into our cells. No energy to our brain. No energy to our muscles, Mm -hmm. no energy anywhere. So when you said no energy to our brain, I don't know if we've talked about this symptom yet, but that makes me think of brain fog. Oh, yes. Which is a very common symptom Mm -hmm. of hypothyroid. Yes. You know, we're not getting energy anywhere. No. (laughs) So, you know, I have a a client story that I'd like to share. Okay. Because a client of mine, I mean... We have many clients with hypothyroidism, but this particular one comes to mind just because we started talking about mineral deficiencies. So she, um, she was, her numbers were off. Mm -hmm. And so, and she was seeing a doctor who recognized that she had hypothyroidism and her symptoms had been difficulty losing weight. She had some hair loss and hair thinning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing I don't know if we've talked about, but thinning of the outer part of the eyebrows yes. yep. is a sign of hypothyroidism. She also had that brain fog and the fatigue. And her so her full thyroid panel showed that the T4 was actually, that part was fine, mm-hmm. um, but it was that T3, the active form that we really need to get rid of all the symptoms. Yeah. That T3 was low. So she uh, did not necessarily want to go on a synthetic medication Mm -hmm. for T3. So she asked for advice on, you know, are there some things that I can try to naturally increase that? So, you know, you guys were just talking about um, the importance of selenium and zinc Mm -hmm. to for to turn the T4 into the T3. Yep. So that's really all she did. She added in some selenium and zinc, and a few months later. She actually noticed a difference already. Wow. That her symptoms were decreasing. She So she went in and got retested, mm-hmm. and she was so excited. Her T3 was in the in the good range. Wow. No, I think it's important to say that it was a couple months later. Yeah, yeah. Not the next day. Right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, these things can take some time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the T4 and the T3 thyroid hormones. So T4 is the most abundant thyroid hormone. It's made in the highest amount, but it's actually not used by the mm-hmm. body. Isn't that interesting? That, that, that is. is often the one that is tested. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not used by the body. So nope. T3 is actually the it's the active and the usable form of our thyroid hormone. So our thyroids will make some T3. Most of it is made when the T4 converts into T3. That happens in the liver or the muscles. And this means that someone might have a normal T4, like your client, mm-hmm. but if they can't convert it into T3, they will still have hypothyroid symptoms. So if you've had your T4 checked, it should be between 6 and 12. If it's lower than that, then that's a sign that your thyroid is struggling to actually make the T4. And so if you're not making T4... You're not making T3. Mm-hmm. 
And a normal T3 should be between 100 and 180. But if it's low, you know, we have to find out if it's because the thyroid isn't making T4 or is your body not converting the T4 into T3. So you can, hopefully the listeners are understanding the importance of getting all these numbers from your doctor. We need to know all these numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So think about it. What might be preventing your thyroid from making T4 and T3? And what might be preventing your body from being able to convert that T4 into the active form of T3. If you have Hashimoto's autoimmune hypothyroid, your thyroid will not be able to make T4 or T3. And, you know, as we just discussed, having a zinc, selenium, or iodine deficiency will mean our body cannot make T4 and therefore it will not be able to convert it into T3. Yeah. And did you guys know that there are foods that can block that thy- those thyroid receptors? So foods like, you know, there are food-like substances that block receptors on the thyroid. So what sort of foods do you think of? When we talk about that. Well, I think of things that are going to be hard and crusty, like trans fats. Mm -hmm. Those will create a crust around our cells, blocking those receptors. And then also excess chlorine will block thyroid receptors as well. New York City banned trans fats in restaurants several years ago, but you can still find trans fats in many other places. So, you know, snack cakes, cookies, pie crust made with Crisco. Yeah, and if you're drinking diet soda made with sucralose, commonly known as Splenda, then you're taking in a lot of chlorine, which also blocks those thyroid receptors from being able to absorb and use iodine to make T4. Well, I think we've had a really in-depth conversation today, and it is time to wrap up our show. But before we go, let's try and recap the most important points. If you're struggling with fatigue, depression, and weight gain, and your TSH looks normal, you could still have a thyroid imbalance. Mm -hmm. And keep asking your doctor to test those additional thyroid hormones, right? The TSH, the T4, the T3, and those thyroid antibodies, TPO and TG. So this will help you find out if you're taking the right medication and if you should really be following a gluten-free and a soy-free diet. You know, we know this might sound really daunting, having to give up your cereal, your soy milk, the snack cakes, and your diet soda. But let me suggest calling our office, 651-699-3438, and schedule an appointment with a nutritionist to help you navigate these diet changes. Yes, and if you are your mind spinning around all those thyroid um, levels that we talked about, make an appointment with a nutritionist. We talk about this all the time. Yes. Yes. We know this stuff inside and out. And we just really want to thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition today. If you found this show interesting, please share it with a friend or a family member. And you know, our message each each week is how eating real food supports your health. It's a simple but a powerful life-changing message. Be sure to tune in next week as Dar, Alyssa, and Cassie will discuss foods to stop hair loss. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. And happy spring. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.